0: WWDB 860 AM Philadelphia and WPEN HD2 Burlington, Philadelphia.
1: Good afternoon, Greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM I'm Tom Tool. she's Sarah Time, and she's Stacy Mitchell. We have Nick Wolf behind the camera, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And if you get some value out of the show here, we're going to cover a number of things today. One is, and first, are rates poised to break out higher again? We saw some sevens last week, a little hesitation in the market. We're going to jump into that and some insight from Housing Wire's lead uh, economist, Logan Modashami. We're going to talk about the DOJ, the Department of Justice, federal filing an objection to decouple commissions. And we've got DJ Sutera coming in from Mortgage America to talk about how all this is going to impact financing. So if you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell for notifications. And if you want to schedule a call with our amazing team, specifically these two ladies, make sure to click on the link in the comments. So last week we had this CPI data that came out. It's the Consumer Price Index which is the the cost of goods that are sold, and it came in a little higher than expected. Um, the target for January was two point nine percent, came in at three point one. They were they saw a three tenths of a percent increase uh, for the month of January, which is a little higher than where some of the projections were, and that caused rates to jump up a little bit. Although I was seeing like six and five eighths, six and seven eighths today, so not horrible. I guess the question here is. Do you see this as a precursor for rates going back into the sevens, Sarah and Stacy? What do you think here? What what are you reading in the market? Tell us more.
2: I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I mean, I think they're going to be sticking right around um, the upper sixes to the low sevens um, for you know the advertised rate, and then what an individual actually is able to lock in is going to be sometimes different <laughs> than mm-hmm. you know could go in either either direction. Um, But I would not be surprised if, you know, you saw some going
3: in the low sevens. Yeah, I think that's where some are at at the Mm -hmm. moment. Um, But I think I know that inflation is not doing what the inflation rates not doing what the feds want, saying that, um, you know, they weren't going to be changing the rates where most people were looking forward to having some uh, rate reductions Mm -hmm. this year. I don't think that's going to happen. I honestly don't. The uh, the, um, core inflation rate, um, it, it went up. And also, the producer price index went up a little bit, too. So that was not and what they anticipated. The,
1: the producer price index is what the Fed uses, by the way. The CPI is a measurement, but, and it's a data point, but the Fed doesn't necessarily use that. That's a great point, Stacey.
3: So it's not, it's not doing what they anticipated. Um, so Who's they? Uh, the Feds. Okay, just, just feds, to be sure. Yeah, the Feds really want that 2% inflation rate, and it's just not getting there. Um, so all this affects the mortgage interest rates, for sure. You know we were really heading in the right direction, and it really created this hot market in the past couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think people realized in the past week that the rates have ticked up yet um, because it's still on fire in our area mm-hmm. as far as the housing market. Um, but once people start to see that they're they might be looking at the sevens or mid sevens, they things could cool down a little bit too. So, um, you know, the feds are just really, they want to control this inflation. Um, The jobs market is incredible. Um, But there's, you know, we talk about that too, Tom. Like, what is the sampling of that? 60,000? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right? So I don't think it's really representation about what's really, truly going on out there. Yeah. Well, now, so if people
2: are starting to talk about it going up into the sevens, do you think for where they are right now that that would cause buyers to say whoa or kind of put on the gas for like maybe just the next couple of days here to be like let me try and lock in before
3: yeah that's a good question um i think for the most part uh out in the field with the people that i'm dealing with now they're on tight time constraints with leases yeah. ending mm-hmm. yeah so they want to buy and yeah you know i think that they will still try to yeah um, although it could definitely, it's going to affect their purchasing power for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so it's, it's very interesting here because, um, uh, last week on the Knowledge Brokers podcast, Logan Modishami was on, I, I missed it. I was like dead and, uh, v- very sick, missed the podcast. And he said something on there that I think is really important here that do you ever have people ask you like, Sarah, should I buy a home right now? Do you ever get this question from consumers or, or Stacy, do you get this question? Should I buy a home? Yeah. yeah. You know what the answer to that is? You're not ready. Because if you're (laughs) someone, you're you're asking asking someone, like, hey, should I do this? Like, when people are ready, they don't, there Mm -hmm. is no hesitation in let's write the offer, Mm -hmm. let's move ahead, let's get it on the market. But when people aren't, they're just not ready. You can't coach readiness. And I think that's going to be the overarching theme this year is that, you know, and it might be dangerous. I know a lot of people were saying, oh, this is the year of five, we're going to see 5% rates. And we've talked about you got to be kind of careful with making these predictions because. There's a lot of models involved here, but if people are asking, like, should I, they're not ready. And we know that, you know, last year there was, you know, 4 million people that bought homes, right? They all bought, I mean, in, in one of the toughest markets that we've seen for buyers in quite some time, they bought homes, they were ready. They, they didn't let anything stop them. Think of some of the clients you had where it's like one loss after another, and it's like you get punched in the face and then kicked in the back, and then all of a sudden they're buying a house. Readiness is going to be the ultimate thing that drives the market this year. And there's plenty of demand. I mean, you know, it's, it's not a bad move buying a home. The balance sheet for homeowners is significantly better than people that rent the rest of their life. But some people are okay with that. They don't want to deal with the maintenance. And the folks that want to man up and actually buy a property, they're going to do it this year, despite everything that's going on. But I, I do agree, Stace, and, and, and I think we're going to see rates stay in this like six range for longer than people expect it. And remember, this happened last year. January rates were at like five point nine nine. There was like a pop in the market. Then they went up substantially. I don't think we're going to see that th- mm-hmm. this year. I think it's going to be very stable. Like, hey, we're in the mid sixes. I mean, we, you know, that that that's kind of where they're sitting, and I, I don't, I don't see that changing anytime soon. It might be that way the next twelve months, for all we know.
3: Mm-hmm. And for a couple of the clients, we refocused on monthly payment. Always Instead about of, the payment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I had to bring out the old. uh Well, you know, what is your interest rate on your car loan? What is the interest rate on the credit cards that you use? Because people have no idea about those interest rates, but for some reason they're so hyper focused on their mortgage interest rate. Right. So it's that to me is very, very interesting. Yeah. Well, and
1: the thing about that is that. I don't know if you knew this about Logan Motoshami. This is why I was so bummed I wasn't on that podcast is that he was a loan officer up until about 2020. So he's got a very interesting mm-hmm. perspective. He never talked rates with people. He said, here's your payment. Mm-hmm. Here's your payment. Because that's really what people are doing. They, I mean, unless you, like, walk around and you got, like, a 3% on your shirt. stacy has got a 2. <laughs> 2.75. It's, like, who cares? It's, right. what is it going to cost me? He had something very brilliant that he said. I wrote this down when I re-listened to the uh, the pod is that housing is the cost of shelter to your own capacity to own the debt. So think about and This is really brilliant. It's a, it takes a couple seconds to go over this, but housing is it's the cost of shelter that you can, you can handle, like your capacity to own the debt, because that's really what you own. You own a loan, and that's why some people have been able to buy bigger homes, because their capacity to own their debt is higher at lower rates, but housing is really the cost of shelter to your own capacity to own the debt, aka it's your payment. Can you handle the payment? Mm-hmm. Right. Because before you bought a home, what did you have? You had a rental payment, right, right, right. I mean that that that's where it is, and it because of household formation and a lot of other things that happened. I mean, we saw people form houses households a lot later. That's why we had such a slow recovery after the 2008 to 2012 sort sort of tough time in the market, which was 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 very challenging for a lot of folks. It came back slower because apartments aren't suited for families, right? Mm-hmm. So, like you just moved, right? You were mm-hmm. got a new daughter, right? Like it, it's it's this. This cycle, and that's why the, when the people ask, like, should I buy a home, the people that are ready are the ones that are like, all right, I got these kids. They're not getting any smaller. I'm out of here. Right. We got to get into something else. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see people move to more affordable areas. They move within the school district that they can afford it. There's a lot of variables there. So you're going to see more and more of that. And to your point, Stacey, it's all about that monthly payment. If you're not explaining that payment, and here's the payment, here's what it's going to cost, that's where – you're going to get stuck running around with people as an agent that maybe aren't that motivated. The mo- the motivation's not even there in the first place. Mm-hmm. And that's key. So you're thinking rates right, stay here, Sarah. I, you're you're kind of in the same boat. Tell tell us uh, your predictions here.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I think we're going to be like staying roughly around, you know, the last. I don't know, month and a half, we've seen them just kind of like do-do-do-do. Like there was that little bit of a, we saw them dip down into the lower sixes for a bit mm-hmm. and then kind of peak back up. And I feel like they've just been doing this little dance right around there. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, that dance took them over seven for a sec. Mm-hmm. But then I think, but I think overall, we're going to be in that like mid to upper sixes with maybe, you know, some quick little bleeps mm-hmm. into sevens.
3: I think it's going to be um, just, yeah, where when, once you get under contract, mm-hmm. <laughs> Where the rates are going to be at that time. I yeah. mean, it you know sometimes it's a it's a risk waiting for, you know, right. Trying to time it out. Yeah. Um, but that's a conversation with your loan officer to see mm-hmm. what they are speculating. Right. Um, but sometimes you know maybe you'll be able to lock in less than seven, but right. maybe it won't be. Maybe right. it'll be a little over. Right.
1: Well, that's where it's important to pay attention to things and actually get ahead of this here because I, I see so many people they have like like a like a late payment on their credit or like something like a like a silly debt like there's a. Oh, I had a parking ticket I forgot to pay. And then all of a sudden it's like on their credit report, right? And Mm -hmm. if you're not pre-planning your move and getting ahead of this stuff so you're ready, like this is the stuff you want to clean up before you find the house. Mm -hmm. Making sure you got the cash set aside. They can source all the deposits, especially if you're like 1099 There's so many different things to prepare for. So, you know, as rates kind of settle into where they are, you want to just be more ready than ever. And, you know, it looks like, I mean, especially with what the Fed has done, I mean, they they thought that the economy wasn't going to grow. They thought that the jobs market was going to fail and they put all this intense pressure on short-term rates. Well, guess what happened? The economy did grow and the job stayed the same. And it's like, now what? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. and I don't understand what they're worried about here. Like if, if they get to a point where, and what we'll see at the upcoming meetings, but if rates are between five and 6%, like what's the worst thing that's going to happen here? Like, are people going to yeah. be happy? Like, I mean, I, I don't understand what they're fighting against. And, it seems that they're just not realistic about housing right now, which is causing this because if you look at these spreads, I mean we're seeing all-time high spreads on the 10 year versus where the, you know the, 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 the rates are coming in. Um, if you look at this article on housing wire, the 10 year yield range translates to mortgage rates between 5.75 and 7.25%. We're on the higher end. So but that assumes bad spreads because the spreads have improved this year. Um, you know, it doesn't look like we're gonna stick at those those like low seven numbers, but that's again something people thought that the Fed was gonna adjust to, and then it didn't happen. So I, I it, 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 it's very confusing with their with their current policy right now.
3: That's why when clients ask us questions, we have to be, you know, we have to know and we have to provide the correct information to them or right. or lead them in the right direction to get right. answers. So, you know, that's being the knowledge broker and being able to, you know, help our clients through the process. It's a, it's a confusing process anyway. And then you add these types of things on top of it. Right. You know, you just watch people's heads, you know, spin around. Right.
1: <laughs> so so let's let, let's kind of shift gears here and talk about inventory because that's been the other pain point. So what we've seen happen nationally last week is that we saw listings were basically flat nationally from February 9th to the 16th, we saw inventory fall, maybe 700 homes, not even that. Um, and it looks like we're probably at that bottom point where we're gonna see inventory start to grow consistently throughout the rest of the year. Are you seeing that now? Because I'm, I'm seeing that there's there's definitely opportunity for the buyers that are that are manned up and are ready to go out there or, or womaned up, whatever you want to whatever you want to call it um that are ready to go buy something do you feel like those people are like i mean do you, are you seeing that inventory growth because i'm i'm really optimistic about the choices in the market right now probably more so than i have been in quite some time
3: i i see that inventory is increasing there's there's things that are coming up more but also i see so much competition so the buyers have woken up and and there's so it it really kind of to me is a net negative <laughs> right because yes there's there's in- inventory increasing, but every almost every house that comes on, I mean, there was some, you know, it's not every, but there's a the majority of houses that come on if they're in relatively good condition. There's multiple offers, right? Um, you know, just case study. I wrote so many offers the p- past two weeks for eight different clients.
1: How, ma- how many did you write, and how many got accepted?
3: So last weekend I wrote five, four. Five different people. Okay. Wow. One got accepted. Okay. The others were blowouts, like Mm seventeen, twelve, nine offers. Yeah. Um, This weekend, I wrote four for three different clients, and I got one accepted. Okay. So, I mean, it's a slugfest out there. Um, We missed an offer opportunity today. I was waiting. My client was ill prepared. We talked about getting her finances ready a month ago, mm-hmm. and um, you know she was in the process of doing that. And for some reason, for whatever reason, she didn't follow through. But it was started, and her dream house came on the market, and it's already under contract. And she's still trying to scramble to get things ready. So it's a lesson learned. Unfortunately, it's it's uh, very disappointing. But she'll be in the right position next time that the house comes on the market. Right. Yeah.
2: Um I would agree. There is, you know, I like to kind of keep my eye on the coming soon's. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then it depends like client to client what you're what you're looking for and then obviously for if there is like stuff that is stuck around a little bit longer if you're kind of looking for more of an opportunity. But um keeping like, you know, you're looking ahead towards what's coming up because if it exactly like you said, if it is a, you know, pretty turnkey or like move-in ready or doesn't need a lot of work mm-hmm. and it's priced appropriately like you see those showing time spots um getting booked up you get out there to the showing and it, i mean especially now that like for the most part overlapping showings are kind of a fairly common thing again mm-hmm. um you know there's other people in there at the same time there's cars pulling up leaving like you know just during the little window that you're there so um you know it's it's competitive
1: so, so we know it's going to be competitive for some of these homes. I don't think there's any question there. What, How are you prepping your clients? I mean, you, uh, like we were on the role play today, Sarah. I thought you had some great questions you were asking. I mean, what do you – what do you, and like this woman, right? So how long have you been working with this person that wasn't prepared? I think that's um, probably a great – I would
3: say oh, probably about three months. Three months? Okay. Yeah. So,
1: so what got in the way of her preparing?
3: That's a – good question because we met and when we met we went through the whole buyer consult and and she um i explained to her how important it is that because she thought the house that we met at was the one and Mm -hmm. she we she was so not prepared yeah Mm -hmm. she already has a home it it doesn't have any you know it's paid paid free and clear so we talked about how she could utilize that to her advantage to get into her next home but this these are the steps that she has to take Mm-hmm. And we talked about that in great length. I, you know, followed up with her. Have you started the process? Yes, yes, I started the process. You know, checked in with her periodically here and there. How's things coming? Well, you know, they say that, you know, they're working on it. Okay. Out of the blue, then she texted me on, I guess it was Friday. I want to see this house. It's great. It's our perfect home. Yep. We took a look at it and it is her perfect home. And guess what? She hasn't heard. And Monday was a holiday. Yep. So guess what's closed? Yeah. <laughs> Banks. Yeah. Um so she couldn't even follow up with them on Monday. So yeah. it was really it's it, she, uh, yeah. And so she followed up with them today and they still had no answers for her. So I referred her to other people yeah. to help her along. Yeah. And she's gotten more answers in the past couple of hours working with somebody else mm-hmm. than working with her bank right. where her money resides. Right. So oh it's shocking gosh. to me. Isn't that frustrating? Yeah.
1: Well it shows the difference between a bank and, and, and a lender. Yeah. First off. I mean that that's it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but I, I, I hear your point.
3: Yeah. So I mean, you can tell people to you're blue in the face how important it is, how imperative it is like Kind of like you have to create a sense of urgency because it is. Right. And I don't think people fully understand. They think we're hyperventilating, I guess. Right. They don't fully understand until they've been through it and the light bulb comes on. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is what you were talking about. Well, yes. and I feel
2: like for some reason, like so many people are like, I don't want to do that until I find the house. Right. And it's like, no, 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 you need to do this. Before you find the house, like this is laying the groundwork and it's you need that in place. Like, you cannot buy the house without this. So, like, it doesn't matter if you do this now and you don't find that house for, you know, several months. Like, we can get this updated. That's easy. But, like, this is a very important piece that you don't want to be scrambling for because we can't submit the offer without it.
3: Right. And we have to know how you're going to finance, right? Are you going to go in as cash with proof of funds, showing your stocks mm-hmm. and your IRA and these other things? Or do you really want to do the, the home equity line of credit and mm-hmm. have that at the ready so that you can, you know, do the same thing, pay cash? Um, either way, we got to figure this out. Right. And when you're already trying to, you know, you're
2: excited about finding the house, you're stressed about writing the offer. You don't want that to be the time that you're then also figuring out how you're going to like finance that. Like and house to house things, you may restructure things a little bit differently and that's fine. But at that Mm -hmm. point, you've already got like the basics in like in line here. And Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like tweaking
3: so that, you know, each offer works best for you. Right. And it is unfortunate that sometimes people have to lose that house. They have to find out like and the light bulb has to come on Mm -hmm. and then they they have a full understanding at that time. But it, why does it have to get to the point? Just, right. just right. Listen to our guidance, like I know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're dealing with humans, so it's tough.
1: <laughs> so yeah. well, one thing I want to hit on here is, you know, I, I don't. I want to wait, and, and this is a great place to end this here. So, Sarah, you said I, I want to wait until I find the house. So, you know, th- there's a way to communicate this to people because I, w- I would go at them with some data, right? So, I like, think about our role play call, and if I don't know if you were on the role play call today, Sarah said something that was like. I mean, it it it, like, it made my jaw drop, and I see you all the time. We talk constantly, so it's it's a real credit to your ability to ask these questions. Hey, do you know when most homes come onto the market? Right, like, and that's how I would start. Like, instead of saying like you you don't want to do this because it's going to put you in a bad spot, blah blah blah. It's hey, so Stacy, do you know when most homes come on the market?
3: No, you, I don't as a as a consumer. Yeah, so usually <laughs> they
1: list on Thursday or Friday, with showing starting over the weekend. And can can. Can I tell you why I want to make sure we're prepped before the weekend? Sure. I don't know who your lender is. If you got your own lender, if you're using one of our people, we can get a hold of them. But, you know, there's still time that, that has to go by. People have other things going on. We can't control when the offer deadlines happen, if there is one. There may not be. Hopefully not. And, and we got some time. But if there's an offer deadline that's Sunday night or Monday morning and we can't get a hold of somebody and we're not even able to get into the home to see if you like it until Friday or Saturday – do you think you're going to be in a great posi- or, like how certain are you you're going to be in a good position to be able to get all this done in 24 or 48 hours over the weekend? I
3: like that. That's right? like, perfect. Uh, uh, because yes. you're
1: you're what you're doing there is you're asking questions that are going to give them the answer that you know they should just like what did you say like 75% of agents fail in their first year or something when you hire their friend because the friend got licensed. Mm-hmm. This was like Stacey, you would have been impressed. This was this was awesome. And the, the the point is that if we're not doing that stuff then what ends up happening is that you're totally ill-prepared and they're going to miss out. So the whole point of this is that you've got to ask better questions as an agent instead of just talking at people and telling them what's going on because when you talk and tell, people don't want to hear it. When you ask questions, they have to get there on their own. So right. that's going to be something that's probably more important than ever to, uh, you know, to, to, to make sure that, hey, they're, they're actually in a spot where they can go get the house. So... I think that's where you know this gets a little dangerous and all the more reason to make sure you're prepped and ready to go here. So as rates do climb higher or they stay the same or whatever else, preparation's going to go a long way here. So make sure you're having those strategy meetings with your agent if you're a client out there or vice versa for the agents that are listening. So why don't we take a quick break? We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the DOJ decoupling commissions next on Tool Time or wanting to. Nothing's happened yet. Let me be very clear. Next on Tooltime Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610 692 6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell, she's Sarah Time. and we've got Nick Wolf behind the camera, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we're streaming live every single week, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. If you like what you hear, we're going to be covering the DOJ filing an objection, and we've got DJ Suterra coming in from Mortgage America to talk about the new rate climate. If you like what you hear... Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and if you need to talk about your real estate situation with one of these two ladies, schedule a call with a link in the comments. So this to me, uh, this, this broke Thursday night, uh, this piece of news, and it comes from the Department of Justice, which I am much more worried about than Michael Ketchmark and these commission lawsuits because the DOJ actually has the ability to enforce change here pretty Pretty quickly. This is not one of these things where it takes a while and has to go through appeals. So, Thursday evening, the DOJ filed a statement of interest about a proposed settlement for a lawsuit in Massachusetts. It's the MLS PIN lawsuit, which is a broker owned MLS. And that came weeks after uh, the plaintiffs filed a motion to administratively stay the lawsuit. There was a settlement reached. And now uh, the DOJ has uh, come in and said, hey, we object, right? Um, and the proposal, um, they, they, you know, they, they've basically come out and said in no uncertain terms, and I'm just going to read this to you here, um, the DOJ offered a proposal to include in the settlement including an injunction that would prohibit sellers from making commission offers to buyer brokers at all. What do you two think about this? Strong language.
3: Yeah. At all, even if you write it into an offer,
1: like sellers um, could not provide it, is what, what what's being said.
2: So they couldn't advertise it, but a buyer could ask for it, or no?
1: No, the, no, they they can't. They, they, they can't offer it. it out. They
3: cannot offer it out. Wow. So even if you wrote it into an offer, they couldn't. They couldn't offer it out.
2: Wow.
3: Well, this is uh, wow um, for buyers. This is going to be an eye-opener to them. Most buyers can barely get into the homes. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they're just saving enough for closing costs. Right. Which everybody knows that closing costs can be quite expensive depending on title insurance, prorated taxes, um, you know, just... Transfer tax. Yeah. yeah. The state transfer tax, you can't get away from that. I mean, there's there's a lot of fees. There's, you know, lender fees involved. Mm -hmm. So they... Barely can scrape together to get into homes, and then, you know, there's that other aspect of it, right? So it's going to be very, very difficult. Um, I don't know what would happen to VA loans and veterans, right?
1: Not, not even discussed,
3: right? Because that's a whole segment of population that qualify and are entitled to these zero percent down, Mm -hmm. and they bear. I've worked with numerous veterans. Yeah. We have just enough money for closing costs mm-hmm. and yep. that's it. Yeah. And in this market it's it's going to be extremely difficult to ask for any type of assist. If right. there's multiple offer situations, it's just very very difficult. And so I don't know how. I mean, this is going to really just negatively affect buyers. It's going to make the housing, it, you know, everybody complains about housing being unaffordable now. Right. A lot of buyers are going to be out. Right. No, that's
2: it's frustrating that um that they would that they would come out with that and that the language is so strong you know because I mean it's one thing when it's like you don't have to offer it like
3: okay right or or it can be written into like buyers right. it can be written into the offer right. right um but when you say it just can't be offered out just, you know just point blank end a discussion right yeah that's that's um there's That doesn't leave any room for negotiations, really. Right, right. Um, I know that you know the the before this became customary, where the seller pays, you know, uh, on behalf of the buyer's representation, it was like this. But I think there was ways around it. Like, there, I think you could ask for. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tom. But you could ask the sell. You could write it into a contract, right, where the seller would provide the. Yeah, I mean, you
1: you can negotiate that. They just said what what they're saying here, and this this isn't. Anything finalized, by the way, I've got a lot of stuff I'm going to go over with you in a second here. But it, it's basically they're, they're coming out and saying, hey, you can't you can't offer it out. Now, this is just their objection. There's nothing that's been passed. This is right. a legal mechanism. This is just an objection to this particular uh, suit that has been has been filed.
3: Right. So, yeah, I'll just go back. It, it's going to it's just going to be a sh- a people think they know, but they really don't. And the contracts and the and the standard documents can be. Daunting. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have to have, I mean, it's it's best to have representation. Mm -hmm. Some people could probably do it on their own and be fine. Yeah. But the majority of people have never seen these contracts before, ever. Right. And you're going to ask them to go through, you know, look at these contracts and and potentially represent themselves. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you're going to have to have representation, whether it be an agent. Or an
2: attorney. Whether it be
3: an attorney. If it's an attorney, you know... They work nine to five for yeah. the most part, so your offer is not going to go. You know what I mean? I mean, right. this is, it's endless. Let the mind yeah. go for what can happen here. Yeah.
1: So so here's kind of the reaction from some of these things. So um, this I got this internal communication from Berkshire Hathaway. Um, so I'll give you the short of it here and kind of what they said is that Uh, The DOJ states as long as sellers can make buyer broker commission offers, they will continue to offer customary commissions out of fear that buyer brokers will direct buyers away from listings with lower commissions and will document a phenomenon known as steering. Um, And this is in the DOJ's filing, by the way. Um, The DOJ, uh, the solution, according to them, is to formally decouple commissions paid by buyers and sellers and prohibit sellers and listing brokers from even being allowed to offer cooperating commissions to buyer brokers. To support their theory of steering among buyers, brokers, the DOJ points to the Northwest MLS. In 2019, the Northwest MLS amended its rules to allow sellers to decline to make any offer of cooperating commissions. Since that time, a significant percentage of sellers chose to make market rate offers to buyer brokers. The DOJ interprets this as evidence of the sellers being uh, compelled to make offers to avoid the threat of steering. So here's... And then you know, they acknowledge that not all buyers are gonna be able to afford to pay their agents in a decoupled model and proposes buyers could simply request sellers to pay all or a portion of the commission in the purchase offer submitted to the seller. So I think that could be something that happens. There's gonna be have to have to be some laws that change, right? Like you're gonna to have to see one, can they get like a seller's assist to finance that? Is that gonna be okay? Because a lot of these people don't have the cash to do it. Um, secondly, if they don't allow that, well, guess what's gonna happen? They're gonna pay less for the house so they can pay for the commission or they get, you're going to see more deals fall apart. You're going to, there's a lot of things this could do to the economy, which I don't think people realize. Housing makes up 17% of the GDP. So here's what Berkshire Hathaway said. Uh, this is only an objection filed with the court in the Noselec case, and it's not a ruling or legal mechanism, decoupling commissions in real estate transactions. We're going to continue to monitor this and keep you updated on all developments. So that that's definitely going to be the approach here by anybody. It's no different than these appeals, but this is a bigger deal than the, these commission lawsuits. And if the DOJ sticks their nose in and says, hey, you can't do this, if we're thinking this isn't going to impact the economy, I mean, forget real estate agents. I'm actually not worried about this as a real estate agent because there's going to be people that want this service. It's no different than TurboTax and LegalZoom versus doing your own taxes and uh, or, or versus getting an accountant to do your taxes and getting an attorney to... Go to court. Like, I'm not, you know, I've got estate documents. I'm not messing with that stuff myself. Like, next Mm -hmm. thing you know, something crazy happens, right? And so there's people that are going to choose to go that route no matter what happens here. The flip side is what agents need to get on notice with, and we've been talking about this for a while now. This isn't going away. You can't keep your head down what needs to happen here is you need to know everything about this lawsuit and what's going on and then be ready to handle any and all objections that come up because the people that are ill prepared are going to be the ones that get eaten alive. And I mean, to me, it's, you've got to know everything about it. But then the flip side and and Ryan Serhant said this, uh, do you guys have any like financial accounts, like retirement accounts or anything? Mm -hmm. Right. Do you read Barron's at all? Do You know what Barron's is? Uh -uh. Right. So your financial advisor probably reads this all the time, right? Like, it's, it's the Baron's Guide. Like, it's no different than us looking at housing wire and all this stuff. And they're probably worried about things happening in their industry that none of us have any idea about. Right. And, and then there's a component there. Now, if the DOJ forces this, it's a little different. But then there's a presentation that's got to happen. So, hey, here's how I get paid. I'm going to help you find a home. We're going to work in good faith. There's a contract here that says you're going to pay me X amount, mm-hmm. whatever that is, based on the laws in your state. We have a buyer agency contract in Pennsylvania. It says when you buy a home... Here's what the agent gets paid. And I'm going to try to negotiate that to get the seller to pay it. Yeah. But this is going to be due when we get you a house. And you want a house, right, Sarah and Eric, right? I mean, yeah. and, and that's, but <laughs> that, that, that's really the point. But if you can't deliver that and sit there, it's no different than a listing contract. This okay. is the same thing agents do all the time on the listing side. So that doesn't concern me so much. But the fact that there's going to be some people that just get nervous and throw their hands up in the air and think it's going to go away And it's going to hurt buyers. I'm really concerned about buyers here, especially VA buyers, especially people that are strapped for cash. Affordability is already an issue. That's the bigger impact here that nobody's talking about because in New York City, like tenants have to pay their tenant agents to find them apartments. You guys know this, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a couple thousand bucks. You're renting a place. It's like super expensive. I had friends of mine call me and said, hey, is this normal? I'm like, I don't know anything about New York. You need to talk to the people up there. That's like a common practice. That's just for a rental. Right. Yeah. That has no financial benefit for you, so it. it but it, it costs people money and it's painful, and that's what's going to happen here. And I don't think these decision makers realize the impact on the economy, and it might need to be made very clear to them. Not just on like social media posts, but I mean, this might need to go to a level where people are getting in touch with their like representatives in D.C. to really explain, like, hey, there's a big negative impact here. You might want to rethink this before you start forcing the issue. But the industry existed. When this happened before, we would have been long gone by now if like you, if, if, if there wasn't a need.
3: Right. I think they're trying. <laughs> well,
1: for sure.
2: Well, I mean, I feel like the difference there, too, because, Tom, you had mentioned how like it's no different than, um, you know, when you're at a listing consultation and, like, you know, presenting the commission piece there. And while it all still is, you know, money is money and dollars are dollars, um, I think coming up with it. Versus having it come out now, while you may mm-hmm. need as much as you can net from the sale the sale of your house to get into the next one, and like you may be everything may be down to the dollar still. In that case, um, I feel like it's harder to like come up with it than to have it take. I, I agree with you. I don't think there's any netting, question yeah. there.
1: Well, and you think about it. I mean, we talk about payments, right? If you can, if it's extra, yeah, couple dollars a month, yeah, sure, we'll we'll, we'll do it that way. But then there's going to be some laws that have to change. I mean, you got to mm-hmm. allow this on. On on the settlement sheet, um, you know, I'm already talking to a couple of our lenders right now. Hey, if this happens, can we roll that into a seller's assist as an option to pay it? Because there's going to be some people that just can't afford this on the buy side. And right. mm-hmm. some sellers are going and, and, like, here's the problem. You know there's going to be some agents out there. I bet it's already happening right now. Hey, Stacy, great news. Um, We don't have to pay a buyer agent anymore. So we're going to take that off. I'm going to keep the whole thing. So the fees X, we don't have to pay them. And... Like, there's no commission lawsuit against that behavior.
3: Right. And we don't, yeah. we don't
1: know what's going on behind closed doors. But if we're going to be foolish to think that that's not happening right now.
3: Right, right.
1: Because we're already seeing zeros mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. the MLS. So, I mean, that, this, is, this isn't going away. And if you're not ready to deliver value, I think that's going to be the most important thing here. Like, what, what can you do for me, really, is going to be the question. Mm-hmm. So what do you do to explain value on your appointments? What, what do you two do?
3: go through the process of what I do differently. That's what I do. I you know, there's no use talking about you know what people are doing wrong or you know right. what we see out there but how can I help you best and what I do differently.
2: Right. I mean, I think you know, thoroughly explaining what what the process looks like, what I do, where they step in, where other parts of the transaction where mm-hmm. they step in at so that everybody's clear on what everyone does during the process. Um, and, you know, highlighting some of these things that we do without really thinking twice about it, but like not everyone does that. And it's, it is something that if they're not used to it and this is, you know, the one transaction that they're doing or the first transaction that they've Mm -hmm. done, um, pointing out even those like things that maybe aren't insanely time consuming from us or like, you know, stuff that we just kind of do like highlight that because they don't know, you -hmm. know, Um, so bringing attention to all of the things that we do during the scope of, of hunting, getting under contract and getting to settlement.
1: You know, uh, what what you said there is so important because I'm clear, like we take some things for granted of like the things that we, we, we do. And, and I mean, we have, we've had multiple trainings around this. We're putting it into our presentation now. Like, Hey, most agents are going to have what I call a three point plan. They meet you once, they talk to you on the phone, one of the two. They put you on a property drip, and then they wait for you to tell, tell, tell them what you like. And that's it. That's their whole search process. So clearly, that's kind of, and is that aggressive enough for you? You ask the question, you go through it. But when you can lay out, hey, here's how I'm going to search for homes. Here's how we can target off-market properties, which I know both of you have brought off-market properties to your clients, right? And like, mm-hmm. that goes a long way, even if it doesn't pan out. Here's how we can negotiate. Here's a 10-point plan to get your offer accepted. Like All these different things. Most people don't know when agents are horrible at communicating and they took it for granted because they were felt entitled to a fee. Those days are gone. So to me, that's going to be the skill set that's probably the most important here.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I think going through also for, you know, when you're explaining how you actually structure offers, like people tend to think it's just like dollars and um, or oh, what inspections are doing what, but kind of explaining that it really is more like a jigsaw puzzle and like you have to be putting the pieces in the right places to ultimately get like mm-hmm. to get it done. Um so um making them aware that there are many different things that can go into how you structure something that can be the difference between you getting the the home or you being like number 2 or number 3 when mm-hmm. the offers. And like it doesn't matter if you were second best because, like, there is no second place prize here. You either it, get the house or you don't. Yes, well right, said. You know? Like, so being, like, almost there is almost worse than getting it because it's just, like, if we had tweaked these couple little things, maybe it could have been us. Um, so just kind of pointing that out so that they know that there is, there is a lot
3: that you can do to structure things. Mm-hmm. And it's not just competing on price. Right. There's a lot of the terms. You know, inspections. What can you do? Okay, you want your inspections. Let's see. Let's get creative on how we can get Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you comfortable, but also satisfy that, you know, inspection contingency where the seller's going to look for. Right. No contingency. Right. How about instead of uh, focusing on purchase price, maybe consider offering to pay the seller's 1% transfer tax, Mm -hmm. you know, if they have the means. Yeah. That's that's another way to strengthen an offer. That was one of our key uh, winning strategies this weekend to make the offer mm-hmm. just a little bit stronger. Yeah. So clients don't know that there's these other things. They, yeah. they have no idea yeah. that you could negotiate these other terms and, and bolster the offer in different ways. Yeah. So I think that's super important. You have to know these strategies, mm-hmm. first of all, and then you have to know when it's a good time to implement them. Right. And making them
2: aware prior to like, this is the house that I have to get. Like, listen, I know this is going to be a lot of information for you. I don't mm-hmm. expect you to retain all of it right now. Yeah. But I'm going to go through a couple of different things that we can use as a strategy so that when you they do find the house that they're like, oh my gosh, yes, let's do it. And then it almost feels to them, I feel like if you didn't properly lay the groundwork for there's all these different things that we can do, that they're just getting like and now offer your transfer tax and now do this and now do this. And it's like, what? But like if you've already told them these are strategies in place mm-hmm. and if this is the house they really want, they may, they may bring it up to you. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is one that – you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah. So that it doesn't feel like they're being – not like beaten down, but just like these are things to like enhance well, the offer. This isn't yes. you like, you know, giving things away. It's you enhancing mm-hmm. your chance to get the house.
1: Well, yep. it, it can be overwhelming, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. you think about Very. it for the, the the layperson that doesn't do this, um, and you're in the heat of the moment. You finally find a house you like, and it's like, oh, one more thing, one more thing, mm-hmm. one more thing. Well, that's that's bad preparation. That's bad coaching. And you don't hear, like, an attorney tell you, oh, by the way, here's the next motion we're going to run right now. I didn't tell you about it, and we're in front of the judge. Like, right. that that doesn't go that way. Or the auditors in your office Right. Looking at your tax return and there's not that, oh, here's what we're going to do next. Like mm-hmm. it, 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 those aren't that's not what professionals do. And the, the last point here, and then we're going to take a break. We got DJ here. We want to talk about the, the mortgage rate climate with him is that if you're not an agent focusing on listings right now, you've lost control in your business. And that that's probably the most important thing, because when you take listings, you have control. Right. And, and you're going to be able to walk folks through what the right thing to do here is. But if you're not focusing on that, I mean, you're just you're, you're you're crossing your fingers and hoping like this either gets doesn't get passed, and you're gonna like it's just it's it's not it's not a winning business uh, uh, plan to not be ready for hey I need to focus on listings right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back. We got DJ Sutera here with Mortgage America. We're gonna talk about mortgage rates, what people should be prepared to do in the spring, how to get ready to go buy a home. And uh, we'll uh, take it from there. So we'll be right back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. Even our brand new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool sales group at Remax Mainline at tomtool.com. That's e.com. Get more out of your real estate career and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool.
4: When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at... 610 439 8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com.
1: All right, all right. We are back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool, she's Sarah Time, and she's Stacy Mitchell. We have Nick Wolf behind the camera. The four of us work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we've got special guest here, DJ Sutera from Mortgage America, one of our lending partners that we work with on a regular basis. DJ, thanks for coming on. Appreciate you having you here. Thanks for having me. Where should people get in touch with you? Website? What's the best way to go here?
0: Website, phone, DM. I'm on all socials as DJ Sutera or DJ Mortgage. Um, you could just look me up, DJ, like a disc jockey, Sutera, S-U-T-E-R-A, all, all my stuff comes right up. I'm not hiding.
1: Okay. And it's, it's <laughs> my mortgageamerica.com is their uh, website. So instead of, I mean, we've had you on the show a number of times and instead of, you know, we, we, we talk about the market and what's going on with rates constantly. Stacy and Sarah, are going to ask you the questions they get from their clients? And you're gonna, we're going to hear them from the mortgage side instead of like the real estate perspective. So ladies, I'm going to let you kind of take the lead here. Fire away at DJ. Let's see what what the consumers want to know, and we can see how he's handling these things because he's in the arena every day. This guy's processing loans, helping people. Mm. We want to make sure that it's important that they know what's going on in the market as well. Cool.
2: Um, I mean, I guess one that I get a lot is if you're a i'm a first time home buyer um I think that I have good credit. I think that I'm in a good position to buy a home, um but I have no idea like where to start or um you know what I can afford,
0: yeah, okay we so could like, start what there.
2: documents do you do you request or you know kind of what they would be required to bring up front to just get an idea
0: yeah, sure, okay. I mean, just Like square one, right? What is pre-approval? Why is it important? Mm -hmm. right? If you're not going to buy the house in cash, that's why you talk to me, right? Um, So when you do that, you're applying to a bank. I represent a a lender for money. And when you're asking for money, we got to give reason to why we're going to give you money. Mm -hmm. And so the reason why we justify it is if based on where you fall on the credit score spectrum, uh, what your income is like compared to your debt, and what your savings is. And we've got programs to cover any which situation, as long as you cover some minimums. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we'll, we'll take care of you based on that. But the, the pulling behind the curtain is, yeah, we're looking at your credit. We're going to be collecting your pay stubs or whatever, however to make sense of your income and your bank statements to see what kind of savings you're working with so that's like square one what i do and that's like some of the first minutes of a conversation for me to help set expectations is you're coming to a bank to apply for money to buy a house this is what we need to do and look at so that we know what kind of money you need what kind of money we can give you Mm -hmm. and what kind of deal we can give you on the money
2: and because like ultimately we want you to pay us back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need to make sure
0: you get. <laughs> exactly. I'd fund every dream out there, but like, <laughs> I don't know. That didn't
3: go up. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So clients are always worried that they, you know, like Sarah said before, I'm going to wait until I find the house to get my pre-approval because I don't want my credit to be dinged.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So how, how far of a drop in credit can one expect when they apply or they go through the pre-approval process?
0: Sure. I
3: I think they think it's going to be like 30 or 40 points. I don't know what they think it's
0: Mm going to be. Totally. That's a great question. Yeah, there's a long answer and a short answer, so I'll start with the short, and then if we got time, I can go into the long. Um, The short is it's not much, and you shouldn't make a big deal out of it, right? And I might sound biased even saying that because ultimately that is what we want to do to make sure we're clear with with you as a client. Mm -hmm. But Uh, It really is true. First off, you know, you you get a credit report and any dings on your credit, any inquiries are going to show on that report for just four months, right? This is a a very temporary thing. Um, And when uh, when we're doing this, there is a misconception with the majority of the public about uh, what a mortgage inquiry will look like on your credit versus what any other kind of inquiry will look like. Ultimately, wherever you're seeing your scores, they're just trying to give you a number based off of the data that they have access to. But then every lender is going to weigh algorithmically the data in a credit report differently. And a mortgage inquiry is by far the least forgiving inquiry on your credit. So your scores are always gonna look lower with a mortgage inquiry, and it will be different than if you have an auto inquiry and a credit card inquiry, or if it's just posted online as a standard check up on your scores like what you get with like a discover card monthly when they show you your Mm -hmm. statement, you know, Mm -hmm. um, or like credit karma or things like that. These, these platforms that are just showing you scores at any given time are just flatly trying to give you a score. So you know about where you stand, but for a lender, um, we hold weight to different things on your credit report. And so that's why when someone knows their credit karma score, um, you know, it's going to come in differently than a mortgage inquiry on the credit, mm-hmm. um, just be, by nature of of what that is. I hope yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Th- this that's comes a, up all the time. Yeah, that's, comes, that's a great it question. Really comes up. So, so yeah.
2: this, I'm sure, can vary. A, like circumstances would make this change drastically, right? But. um, you know, if somebody knows that they've got some issues that they need to work through, or maybe from when they initially had the conversation with you, it comes to their attention that there are things that they need to to work on. Um, what kind of timeframes, general, like, mm. gen? Why can't I talk right now? <laughs> Generally, do you it's need an hour to uh, <laughs> to kind of give people time to to get things done?
0: Yeah, it's kind of based off feel, um, and just from prior. Clients going through it. So, you know, if if it's really just paying down a balance on a credit card, I'm, I'm going to ask them, how long do you think it would take you to pay this down? Right? Yeah. Let's be realistic with your time and your savings because no one knows your money in, money out better mm-hmm. than you. So give me a realistic viewpoint of how, how long it would take you to pay this off or pay this down. So I'll, I'll work backwards from there because mm-hmm. when you have that paid off or down.
2: How long does it take to reflect?
0: It usually takes a month or two to reflect. Okay. So then I work backwards from there. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Yep. Yeah.
2: So like if you just like had the money, but for some reason didn't pay it off and still had the money to have to apply to or like to put down for your monthly payment. And if they were able to just do it right then, you'd be looking at like one to two months for it to actually
0: reflect. Okay. Exactly. Yep.
1: So we had this question come up earlier. I don't want to do anything until I find the home, mm-hmm. how much, and, and you guys are very responsive. Like i want to give your, your, uh, your entire organization a lot of credit, at least, uh, the people we deal, we work with, which are Kyle and, uh, and, and Kevin, mm-hmm. you're always getting back to people mm-hmm. we, this comes up all the time. I don't want to do anything. I know you, you two deal with it a lot. How do you navigate that? What are some of the things you would, or some talking points you would caution a buyer against waiting until I have the, I found the house.
0: Sorry, I just noticed where the camera was facing. (laughs) So when they give me that rebuttal, I usually say, look, if you're a W-2 worker with nothing else, no incomes or debts against Mm -hmm. you, no like business entities, no uh, other properties or rental properties, then, okay, you're pretty cookie cutter. So if you give me just some loose... Estimates like what your, what your income really is, mm-hmm. if you have bonus commissions, whatever, um, and where, where your credit says you are on whatever platform you're looking at. I could run numbers, but it's not a pre-approval. It's everything subject to change. And if you really want to take your search seriously, you want to have an idea of what, you know, what budget you're trying to stay within. And your team, me, myself, the agent you're working with, does not have 100% certainty whether you can even buy a home. Mm-hmm. And if you want the full force of service with your agent, with your lender, and everyone working in tandem for you, you should give them 100% confidence that you can buy a home.
2: Oh, I like
0: that. You know? Yeah. Otherwise, we're just going off faith. Mm-hmm. And how would you feel operating off of faith? I like to turn that on them sometimes. Nice. Depend- <laughs> depends how difficult they're being. I also yeah.
1: like that you're asking questions and not talking to people. I think that's right. like the key to any 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 one of these relationships because you're, you're building trust. It's not like, hey, you're wrong. Like no one wants to hear that. It's, yeah. hey, how, how would you feel if this happens? You know that, That's a really good way to present it.
2: Well, and I'm, I'm sure it also comes up a lot that somebody thinks that they're very cookie cutter. And like in their mind, like they really, they're like, yeah, yeah, da, da, da. And then like. Once you get into the process, like all of a sudden, all these other things come out. They're like, oh, I forgot about that. Or like, oh, yeah, that Mm -hmm. would be a factor here. Um, So it's not like it's always people trying to be like misleading. It's just like we need the full picture so that we can figure out the pieces that like either you're forgetting or that might need to be like buttoned up here so we can present this in a nice little package, Um, you know, which is in your best
0: interest. (laughs) Totally. Agreed. (laughs) Yep. I surprise people every day. It can be like these little things on your credit report that you just had no clue about, yeah. like a doctor co-pay that they just threw to collections cuz you didn't pay it within a couple months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been like these little things throughout my career that yeah, it happens.
1: So, we got a couple minutes left here. So, for you know, we, we talk about rates, right? I mean, and do you get do people ask you to predict the rates? Like do they like yeah. so I'll how do, how do you respond to that? Cuz I think that's a losing proposition personally. Mm-hmm. I know we've talked about that, but what what do you do?
0: Yeah, I mean, you. I always preference with there's no crystal ball. That's like the the cliche. You know, anyone who tries to predict and then is wrong, you sh- you're shooting yourself in the foot. You know, So I could say what a lot of analysts are predicting if I really want to try. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can point to what the Federal Reserve is, has been thinking and saying over the last few months and how that might show going forward. Um, that's how I answer that question. I'm looking, I'm showing, or I'm, I'm reviewing economic reports, and kind of just guessing at what could happen, but with a huge caveat. Love like, it. Could be wrong.
1: Very cool. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna leave it there. You want to follow DJ? He's at DJ Sutera on Instagram. You can follow Sarah at Ty underscore Ty Time. You can follow Stacy at the number two Mitchko. You can follow me at TomTool3RD. We're streaming live every week. If you got some value out of the show, make sure to subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Hit the bell for notifications. And if you want to schedule a call with our team, there's a link in the comments where these two ladies can help you navigate this confusing market. That's all we got this week on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM.